1: This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 242. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary,
2: along with Mitch Anderson. <laughs> I, I almost completely reversed Ron Bergen did it. That was really bad. That would have been great. You would have been, like, a second you would have said, I am Mitch Anderson. Oh, God, everything hurts. Why am I falling apart? Suddenly
1: I want to play the the Dragons game. Was it Dunces, Dunces and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons. No, that's from yes. SpongeBob Dunces and Dragons.
2: <laughs> I want to play the dragon game. Oh yeah. I'm a big nerd. It's fine. It's all good. How are you doing buddy?
1: Uh, doing pretty good. I was telling you at work this week, I've just written like a million Tiger Woods stories. So I feel like I had to get in the, get in on the fun. I placed a little wager on Tiger Woods, not a lot of money. Cause he's a long shot, but I just, I put a little sprinkle on that. Cause I said, you know what? I don't like to feel left out. I want to be in on this fun.
2: Yeah. And if he wins it, like he says he, he will, um, great you get a good sum of money I I don't think you will although just like you said I don't watch a lot of golf I, I actually don't watch golf at all I hate playing and I don't like watching it so I know it's important a lot of people do I can't stand the sport it's boring as hell um and it's not fun to play for me
1: I stink at it I don't like playing it and I really don't like watching it unless there's a caveat here unless like I'm trying to like take a nap on the couch, I feel like there is nothing better than like having the because like, it's pretty much like a, the announcers are like doing ASMR whispering into the microphone. It's usually on in the springtime. You could have like the windows open, cool little breeze on mm. like a Sunday afternoon. Right out, baby. Put me right to sleep.
2: Yeah, 100%. Sorry if you like golf a lot. It's no disrespect. I know a lot of people like it, love it, watch it. My brother plays it, watches it. I just can't do it. And uh, some other people say the same thing about the sports I watch. True. say that about soccer, right? So you know, it's each his own type of thing.
1: Absolutely. So how about you? You doing good, buddy?
2: Yeah, because you got a little uh, guppiness is the word I use for my throat, <laughs> but I think that's just uh, some, that's a me thing. But other than that, doing, doing good. It's uh, warming up here, up here in Canada. So... Uh, Going to play some street hockey soon. I, I got my eye on some street hockey pads. Um, both of my kids started shooting balls and they liked hitting me with them because it's funny to hit your father with a ball. Um, and I want to protect myself a little bit For and kind of look cool while doing so. So I'm going to pick up some street hockey pads soon. Not the ones that you saw me in the Coliseum parking lot with, but just some like really basic pillows, basically.
1: Okay. That works. Good stuff. Love it.
2: So that's what's going on here
1: all good things over there. So let's get into the New York Islanders Mitch. Uh we have to talk about well they're playing a little bit better. They've won 4 of their last 5, which is good. But they lost to the Stars last night and the conversation now I feel like like the Jim Do you know who Jim Mora is?
2: I've heard the name but I don't get the reference. Okay. So
1: he football was a football coach. Football coach early 2000s and there's the yeah. uh the video of him going
2: playoffs.
1: But talking right. about playoffs, that's what I feel right now. So, this first segment I'm calling Playoffs Question Mark in honor of uh, Mora. Mora. yeah, exactly. So, we we have to answer this question playoffs, yes or no? No, uh, yeah, no, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for coming in today, appreciate it.
2: Thanks. Yeah.
1: Um, but yes, I, I think that's kind of what we have to talk through right now as well. Yes, they are playing better, and yes, before this loss against Dallas, there was the slimmest of slim chances, but. I feel like that is all completely out the window now at this point. Any pipe dream is done.
2: Yeah, losing against Dallas was bad. Like, the Islanders basically had to win out the rest of their schedule. And even if they did that, they still needed some things to go their way. Um, mainly, you know, the Washington Capitals dropping a few more games, including the ones against the Islanders at the end of the season. Right, the last two of three games is against, I think it's Washington, Washington, Tampa Bay, the last three games in a row for the Islanders. Uh, they need to win all of those and and Washington drop those two and other ones. And as it stands now, Washington is not dropping their game against Tampa. Washington is up four, two as it stands right now. Uh, And so the Islanders not only losing against that Dallas game uh, against the Dallas uh, stars, kind of cementing the end of the season. The fact that the Washington Capitals are winning this game that they shouldn't for our sake uh, definitely adds that extra nail in the coffin. Yeah, no, it, it, Totally does. And,
1: you know, obviously def- deflating, but um, like we said here, it, it's just it it was too big of a hole at the at the start. They dug themselves too big of a hole and they've played better, especially recently. And it's nice to see Brock Nelson scoring goals. It's nice to see. Anders there's legal total coming up. JG Pajot has been scoring a ton recently. Like these are all really good things. And we could talk about these positives. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be enough to get back into the playoff race um and sure like they were, it was fun for like that couple days to be like oh they're gonna get back in it but it's as we as we said for months now it's just it's too far gone
2: right and that's important for months now because someone listening to this might go like um didn't you already uh decide they weren't going yes we did as did a number of people this is us kind of going like oh we were wrong it's just kind of like We had nothing else, and we, like everyone here, had nothing else to hope for, right? Like, yeah, the guys are playing. Well, great. That's good to see going forward, but we want to see playoffs. And you can see with those four wins in a row going into Dallas saying, okay, well, they're getting there. They're they're bridging that gap. It's still a a monstrous gap, right? Even then going into Dallas, they had an 11-point difference between them and and the Washington Capitals. Um, It just gave us something to kind of, rally towards and hope for and then watch the games for outside of like, are the guys going to play? Well, can they score goals? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, is there something else? And that's what it was. And now it's really done and dusted.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I like that you brought up the goal scoring. Cause I know last night uh, or last night when we were recording this on Tuesday night, uh, they scored just, it was only two goals. But before that they were putting in goals, seemingly left and right. You had four, three, five, four, one against Tampa Bay, which was bad. But three, five, three—like that's a lot of three-plus goal games right there in a row.
2: Yeah, and, and I saw a lot. I just focusing on that Dallas game. A lot, a lot of the commentary being like, "They're old and slow." They've been old and slow the entire season and still win games. Specifically, recently, they weren't fast in those wins. What they were able to do is get pucks to sticks and transition properly—not with speed, but transition cleanly. They were not able to do that against the Dallas Stars. If you look at where a lot of those mistakes were happening, it's because of breakdowns entering the the, the, the neutral zone. The Dallas Stars were able to poke check pucks or, or get sticks in lanes, and the Islanders' puck management was at an abysmal low level, and that's what sunk them yesterday. Sure, they're, they're slow and old. Yeah, that those are un, unquestionable facts, but that has been unquestionable for the entire season.
1: I was going to say, last year, weren't they pretty old and slow last year too. And they were a game with it going away from the Stanley Cup. Like this isn't a new narrative where it's only like, we're just realizing this now. It, it, there's so many factors to where they got here. And yes, part of the reason why they are on the outside looking is in is because they are old and slow in some areas, but that's only like, I feel like you're narrowing in on just one thing that doesn't tell the entire story here.
2: It's the easy out, right? And it's, oh, they're old and slow. Okay, well, they were old and slow when they were winning. They're not a fast team. That's not their strength. Their strength is systematics. It's the basics. And they weren't doing the basics right against the Dallas Stars. Their puck management... We, we said in the, in the Patreon plug, in the Patreon show after uh, after the game... Now we were surprised they only had six giveaways because it looks like the I looked like the islands were just giving the puck away like it was going on sale right like you get a puck They're Oprah out there you get a puck everybody gets a puck is what they were doing apparently Oprah Winfrey sounds like Kermit the Frog but y- y- you get my drift here um, they were really bad at puck management and, and that's what sunk them not the old and slow thing yeah it's
1: you're right and again it's gonna feel like. I feel bad for a listener because I'm going to say we've listened to the show the exact same thing for the last three months here, but it's a retool situation going into the offseason. It's not a, oh my God, this is complete panic. They're going to be bad forever. It's all right. You're probably saying goodbye to Zidane Ochar and Andy Green on the back end. Maybe Robin Salo is getting a bigger role next year. Maybe you're bringing in another uh, defenseman on the market who can come in and move the puck as well. And then, yeah, just a, another score in the mix here with your boatload of cap space. And the 22-23 Islanders are looking a little bit different here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There, there's no doubt that there's a reinjection that needs to happen. Um, maybe shed off a little bit a little bit here a little bit there. Uh, everyone's focused on Simeon Varlamov, and rightfully so. And that's someone that could maybe uh, garner some attention going into next season. Uh, but there's also someone like Anthony or, or or Josh Bailey specifically Josh Bailey. Um, you know, Arizona Coyotes always need uh, to hit the cap floor and $5 million for a guy who can still play on a bad team's top six. All right, yeah, they, they, they can sign sign up for that. Uh, I haven't looked at his contract to see what, what the money is like necessarily, like as as in is it going down, right? Like he's got that $5 million cap hit, but is he getting paid less than that? I'm just doing that as I speak here. Um, and he is right next year, 3.5. And then the year after that 3.5, no signing bonuses. So his cap hit is five or $10 million combined over the next two years, but is only being paid $7 million. That, that's something the Arizona Coyotes be like, we can get in on that. Yeah, no, I would think so. That's gotta be a really positive sign. Yeah, sorry, I, I thought it didn't sound like my sentence was ending there, but that's the guppiness preventing the, the the punctuation from coming out properly from my dumb throat.
1: No, that's okay. I was waiting for you to say something else. I was a little caught off guard. That's that's on us.
2: Bad communication there. We'll
1: move <laughs> fast. Uh, but, but you're right. Yes, that is in a perfect world because you're getting, the cap hit is higher than what you are actually paying the player, which is, as we know, a situation that Arizona would like to be in. That, I would feel, you know what, I know he hasn't been good this year. I would feel really bad for Josh Bailey if he had to go play in a college hockey arena to finish out his yeah. career.
2: That's true. Maybe Ottawa. I haven't looked at Ottawa's situation in terms of the cap. He could do wonders in Ottawa like as a sure. leadership role, taking these kids out and then showing them the ropes. And that is definitely Eugene, well, as RIP, obviously. Um, an Ottawa center situation, right? Like, they, they would bring in a, at least under previous ownership a contract that, that looks like Josh Bailey's, for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, that makes sense. And and it's not like he's got trade protection to speak of. He can't be like, I have a 16-team no-trade list here. No, there's not none of that. You can go wherever the hell we say you go, basically. Yeah, and
1: that's a benefit there, I guess. Thank, thank you, Garth Snow, on that one.
2: Yeah, and so as the season tails towards the end here, uh, obviously, playoffs aren't, aren't going to happen, but there's an encouraging uh, underlying narrative here where some players are performing properly, like the Kyle Palmieri's, the Brock Nelson's, the Andrews Lee's. Uh, that, that gives us hope going into next year, but that doesn't change the overall narrative where a ritual still needs to happen in two key areas, on the blue line in the top four and in the top line. That, that needs to, to be augmented going into 22
1: 23 yep 1000 and i feel like that's the narrative we've been talking about forever hence the joke about this being the same show over and over again for the last three months but that's kind of when you're out of it that's what the conversation becomes is okay what do you have to do to improve and for a lot of teams who are rebuilding which the islanders are not we've made that very clear it's okay how do you create cap space Uh, What are the draft prospects? I just don't care about draft prospects right now. So like I was never in a situation where I was like, I want them to tank because we knew they were never catching the bottom feeders of the league. That just is unlikely. And if let's say you end up with, I don't know, the 10th overall pick, they are not coming in and impacting this roster for probably at least three years. So that does you really no good. So like, why am I going to get bent out of shape? you know, and be mad if they, they win a game and caught and they move from the 10th pick to the 12th pick now, like wh- what are we doing here? I feel like you're just getting mad over something that's not going to have an impact anywhere close to this team's contending window.
2: Yeah. That, that's the thing. And like, look, this, this draft is probably going to be pretty deep. As I go through the top 15 picks in the draft, I picked a round number type of thing. Um, there's some interesting names there that that might be available to the Islanders. And while I won't get into it right right here right now, because that, that's not the discussion here. Um, there, there are some names that the Islanders could pick up going, all right, that that could be an interesting prospect, like you said, in a couple of years. There was no one that they were going to be bringing in that's going to make an impact tomorrow. There's no generational talent available. There's no Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin's no. uh, available there at the, at the 2022 draft. Next year with Connor Bedard, right? And that, that could very well be the case, but we'll leave that to next year. Hopefully the Islanders aren't in a position to draft I,
1: him. I don't think so. Uh, Montreal, Ottawa, it's going to be very hard to get to that level. Arizona.
2: It really is like they're going to have to be like going up and down the ice doing basically (laughs) and then trying to play with one hand. And even then they might not get there.
1: No. So it's going to be rough.
2: Anything else on just the
1: team playing better, but still not enough? Or have we kind of talked that to death?
2: Well, can we talk about the goalies real quick? We we, we said about Simeon Varlamov being moved, but... Man, he's playing so well of late. I know the the results are obviously there, and they weren't really there in Dallas, per se, but you can't hang that on Simeon Varlamov, and even then his save percentage says otherwise. So he's getting shelled for 40 shots. He stops a lot of them. Um, do, do you think that changes the Islanders' plan in terms of moving a goalie next year? Because it's not like they got another one coming up, burning a hole in their roster. Uh, true. I
1: don't think... It does. If anything, I think it helps his value in the offseason. He's now up to a 919 save percentage on the season, which right around that 920 mark is pretty nice. Um, the goals against that 270 is kind of rough, but who knows? Maybe after a couple more starts, that's looking a little closer to 26, and that's getting there, getting there to uh, much nicer-looking numbers. But I don't. I'm still team move Semyon Varlamov. Um just because I think it creates more opportunities for you to add. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think you can get a backup for Ilya Sorokin who could still be productive at probably half the cost. So then you could have that extra $2.5 million to spend on a more premium need than a 1B goalie.
2: Yeah, you're right. Right, If you can send Simi- or Ilya Sorokin out there 60 games and you get a decent backup. um I haven't looked, but what's Anton Hudobin up to right now? Right, you got another Russian out there. um That would be key, and and then you reinvest whatever savings into a top line winger. Right, if let's say Johnny Gaudreau or uh, I don't know Philip Forsberg get to free agency and you're competing with someone else and you toss another two million on the board, it's an overpay for sure. But if that locks him in and you're getting a guy who plays at, at, at the pace that Philip Forsberg is playing at, uh, that, that's something the Islanders have to entertain. At yes. least entertain. Not say they have to do it, but they've got to entertain it.
1: No, well, that completely changes the trajectory of your team, having another guy who could get, be – because I'd imagine even in the Barry Trot system that he's still close to a point-per-game player.
2: Right. You add a point-per-game player to this team – and like, what are you, what are you you're keeping? You've got, you, you haven't lost anything, right? So th- that is excellent. You add that, pull up, done. Okay, well now we've got to figure out what to do on the, on the back end. Sure. But when you just look at the forwards, you're saying this won't be the, the best offensive team in the league, but there's certainly not going to be bottom half. So you give no. this team top half offense, look out and, and capable defense. Of course they they need to work on the defense. But if they can do that and do this, hey, look out. Right. And obviously, like, for as
1: tough as the defense has been at times this year, they're still fourth in goals against. So, like, they're, they, they are still pretty solid there. But in goals for 25th, if that number is like, even if that number is like, I don't know, 12th and 5th, then... That's a da- that's a dangerous team with how- for how they play. That is a really dangerous team.
2: Yeah, that means we're scoring probably three per game, but allowing only two. That's pretty goddamn good.
1: Yeah, well, right now that's that's not the case, and that's why unfortunately they're they aren't winning they to are. the point where they should be.
2: That's right. So I just wanted to talk over that because. I think the Simeon Varlamov angle is going to be something we're talking about deep into the off season if he's not moved at the draft let's say and and I don't know if he will uh, but th- that that is something that is going to keep coming a- until next year when the lineup is out there and we see him there or not mm-hmm. no
1: de- definitely that is that's going to be a huge storyline so I'm glad you brought that up and you're right he deserves love because he's been playing significantly better the NHL's third star of the week last week.
2: Exactly. Right. So the the good good things from Simeon Varlamov, who still has a place on the Islanders roster, for sure. Absolutely. So
1: with that, we kind of wanted to talk about someone who maybe doesn't have a place on the Islanders roster. And that is uh, Kiefer Bellows, because uh, it's pretty much been a back and forth between Kiefer Bellows and Ross Johnston filling in for Cal Clutterbuck as he's hurt. He's not going to play the rest of the year. Um, But I don't know how Kiefer Bellows fits in this team anymore because I thought and even Barry Trotz thought he said okay maybe this guy's ready for a you know an everyday role and then he was good for like a few games and then it was right back to square one here so how long are we going to keep doing this song and dance with Kiefer Bellows
2: I think it's over right like I I thought I I wrote for the site saying that uh Ross Austin just deserves a spot just give it to him it's all done because we haven't seen enough from Kiefer Bellows but in the back of my mind, I was like, Barry Trots is going to do some stuff and he's going to flip these guys around when, when the, you know, the, the narrative fits type of thing. And I, I kind of thought he might put him in against the Dallas Stars. You got the travel. It's a road game type of thing. You're, you're away. It's a late start. Why not give the young kid who's probably got some legs and something to prove a chance? But he didn't. Uh, he, he put Ross Johnson in there, and, and for good reason. If you're going to give someone eight to nine minutes a night, who better to give it to than Ross Johnson, right? Like, you, you know what you're going to get out of him, and you know what you're sending him out there to do. With Kiefer Bellows, you're you're not really doing that, and, and it's kind of disservice to him. You you can't put him out there for eight minutes a night and say, go out and perform a checking role. That's not his game. That's not mm-hmm. something that he's going to excel at, and so you're setting him up to fail type of thing if you do that.
1: Yeah, but where, like, who's moving down in that spot is the issue.
2: Exactly. Yeah, 100%. You're dead on. You started it off perfectly correct, and you are still perfectly correct. Who comes out for Kiefer Bellows? Who? No one. Zach Parise? Please.
1: Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Um, that that's the, Unless you healthy scratch Oliver Walsham again.
2: And why would you do that? The ceiling is certainly higher for Oliver Wallstrom than it is for Kiefer Bellows. But you're right. That's an option. The only other option is, I can't can't do it, but it's scratching Josh Bailey.
1: Yeah, those are the two, but I don't see either of those things happening. Number one, because like you said, Oliver Wallstrom, while yes, he's struggled and has been pretty much downright bad for the last two months or, or maybe even longer than that at this point. Um, I don't see him, you know, sitting in favor of Kiefer Bellows. Josh Bailey, I don't see him coming out of the lineup. He just led the team in ice time last <laughs> night for forwards. I, I, I don't. That's why I pose the question: Who comes out? Because, or not even who comes out, but who moves down? Like, let's say you put Kiefer Bellows in, you're going to scratch Ross Johnson. So he's not even in the equation to play on the fourth line. But you say we don't want Kiefer Bellows on line four. Which of the other nine forwards are moving down?
2: It's not... None. It's not
1: JGP. It's not Barzal. It's not Nelson. Not Lee. Not Bovilia. You go through the whole line. It's no one.
2: There's no space for Kiefer Bellows here. There there really isn't. Which really sucks for him. I kind of feel for him going like, the hell am I supposed to do? I'm not even going to get a chance to get in and show you what I've got because these other guys are admittedly doing very well with that position. Like I got no chance. I got no shot to show you what I've got. Um, but that's how it works. When, when you get a spot, you're supposed to run with it, right? When the opportunity comes, you're supposed to rise to the occasion. And he kind of hasn't. Um, and that's why he's an extra player for this club. And it's it sucks, but they, they got to find him a new home next year.
1: I think so, too. And the, I know the rebuttal, and there's probably some people listening to this podcast screaming at their speakers saying, well, if you, why re-sign Zach Parise? Then he is, Kiefer Bellows has your spot there. No! Zach Parise, even at 37 years, however old he is, has been significantly better than Kiefer Bellows. Bellows is far too inconsistent to say, okay, on a team where we want to have the Stanley Cup aspirations again next year, we talked about the retool last segment. We're gonna say, "All right, Kiefer, you're a everyday third line player." I I in no way feel comfortable for that. Mitch, he has not shown for an extended period of of time that he's that guy. He's too streaky.
2: That that's just it, right? Like. You you can't not sign Zach Parisi after what he showed. You can't just be like, nah, we're good, Zach. Thanks for the year. Um, you're a great player for us. You performed well uh on un, under it with little pay at all. Very productive for, for someone making making league minimum, but we're good, thanks. Bye. You can't do that. You've got him and he wants to stay. You keep that guy at league minimum? Are you kidding me? You l- Look, he's making less money than Kiefer Bellows. Less. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I was going to say, too. Like, even like the cost, the cost is pretty much negligible. It's not like a Leo Komarov situation where he's making $3 million and Kiefer Bellows would be making, I don't know, let's say $800,000, let us say. It's not like you're saving the two plus million dollars. They're, they would essentially be making the same money and one, while yes, is older, is also significantly better.
2: That's just it, right? Like his impact on the lineup and his impact on other players, right? Like guys like Barzal are going to lean towards him to figure out like, what do I do? Where do I go? What do I, do? even though Barzal has been in the league for a while now, he's still going to, Zach Parise is a very good player and has been for a very long time in this league. Same thing with Oliver Walsham. Oliver Walsham going to, you know, go to him and ask him questions. Kind of like what we see with Noah Dobson and Zdeno Chara. It's going to be the same thing. Probably to a different degree, but it's still there. And so do you give that up? No, no. And specifically for the Islanders, you bring up Leo Komarov. They kept him around for a reason. The intangibles, the leadership, the so the gluishness of him. That's what they're doing with Zach Parise. And they're going to be like, no, no, no. We can't keep that around. He's got a league minimum deal. That's too rich for our blood. <laughs> I, I, say, understand, he's like, cheap, I get he's cheaper, cheaper and battles. better. Right? Like there's no reason to just be like peace, we're good. Key Bellows, yeah. I, I get you want to bring him in, but what has he done to be like I deserve a goddamn spot?
1: Mm.
2: Exactly. So it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do it. Um I, I think if he sticks around, it's gonna be like a Michael Dal Cole situation. I don't think he's going to ask for a trade uh because he knows it's not a good thing to do. But he's probably going to have these honest and earnest discussions with the Islanders this year. Be like, guys, what do I need to do to get in? Because, like, I feel like I've done everything. And he, maybe he has. It's just there's too many better guys ahead of him.
1: Yeah. I, I, that's just the unfortunate reality. And while that's a good comparison with Michael Dalcole I think even at the NHL level, I think Kiefer's been the better of the two players. But it's still there's just... And it's not like the Islanders have these veterans where it's like, okay, you can move those guys out and plug those two guys in. You're like, ah, they're going to be, they're going to perform much better than those veterans. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I want Michael Dalcole or Kiefer Bellows playing over even the the Matt Martins and Cal Clutterbucks and Zach Parise's of the world.
2: No, because like we know when, when Matt Martin, Zach Par- or not even Zach Preeze, Matt Martin, like the fourth line. When they go over the boards, they know what they're out there to do. They know what they're going to do, and they know how to do it. That's not the game that Kiefer Bellows plays. It, it just isn't. And so to expect him to do that is kind of uh, not really, you're, you're setting him up to fail, like I said before we have to remember he's 23. Like this isn't just some like 19 year old or 20. He's 23 going on 24 in June. He'll be 24 years old. And we're still kind of like, well, I don't know. That's a long time to be. (laughs) I don't knowing he's 2016 draft pick. It's, it's just done. It's just done. I'm not saying bust or anything. I just mean like he doesn't have a room to go forward. So they've, i just have to finish done and, and move him on to somewhere else. Maybe go with Bailey to Ottawa. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And then the honors get something out of it too. Cause like, you, yeah, you're, you're shedding cap space, but the honors don't need to shed cap space. So th- you can get a pretty good return from Ottawa in that regards. I don't know if they've got a top four D that we'd be interested in. I, I don't really think so, but it's something to think about
1: anything. I don't know. Obviously that's more of a conversation for the off season, but, um, I think we kind of, we're in agreement. We're in lockstep. I don't think, I think we answered our own question. Kiefer Bellows doesn't have a role here going forward. So we'll see what they do, but I would be surprised if he's on the team next year.
2: So would I, I really would. Just based off of the the, the guys that are currently under contract and what we plan or what we believe will be done in the off season. Unless like they really see something with Kiefer Bellows, like we're going to work on this, but knowing full well next year, he's taking a huge jump forward. I, I really doubt that though. Yeah. No, I, I doubt I doubt that too. So anyway,
1: shall we get to the youngsters on down on the farm?
2: Let's do it. Um okay, so big day today, uh in the Islanders prospect pool because two prospects were in action in Finland in game sevens, Etulukis for TPS and Autoratu for Yukurut. Yukurit lost one okay. nothing in game seven. So season is done. Aturatu kind of to blame on that play. Loses the face off. Puck goes to the towards the corner. He can't first retrieve it because it's moved quickly. Doesn't f- pick up his man who is alone in the slot and buries it in. Uh, so kind of rough, but their season's done. So now everyone's like, where's Aturatu going next? What's the next thing with Aturatu? And it's got to be the Islanders, but when? I, I don't know yet.
1: Right, because I, I did watch the the video you put out on it today, and I think you bring up an interesting point where it's, does he make that trip over for four games if they're not going to be a playoff team?
2: Yeah. Obviously, that's up to the Islanders to, to discuss. I, I know I have a direct line with him, so maybe some people would expect that I would have a direct answer like I've asked him. I have not asked him, and I don't plan on doing so for a couple of days. I don't think it's right for me to be like, Atu, uh, your season ended. So when are you coming over? That just seems rude type of thing. So I, I'm going to give him a couple of days to just kind of chill and, and and figure out what's going on, you know, decompress after a long Liga season that was highs and lows for him. Um, I'm going to give him a couple of days before I actually ask him that question. But But as it stands now, I think the earliest we see him in North America is a week at best.
1: Yeah, but like, like you said, basic, best case scenario is a week from now. So um, I don't know. I almost feel like at this point, I think I'd be surprised with the little amount of time that's left in the AHL season.
2: That's the thing, because, you know, Bridgeport isn't currently in a playoff position because they had a ter- terrible weekend um, last weekend when they were in one uh, and they needed a couple of wins. They didn't get it. So they've only got six games left. And so by the time he would get to North America, as I understand it, uh, he he would only be able to play four games. So I I don't know. But the Islanders do like to bring guys over early, right? Specifically European guys, right? They did that with Simon Holmstrom. Uh, They did it with Ilya Sorokin, Uh, Robin Salo. The second they can bring him over, they brought him over type thing. So they, they like to get these guys acclimated as soon as humanly possible. And I would imagine that that will follow with someone like Aturatu, so we will see what happens there. I will ask him in a couple of days, um, but but as it stands now, I would expect no earlier than a week that he'll be in in, in on Long Island or or in Bridgeport. That is,
1: <laughs> you almost Brendan Burke yourself.
2: I wanted to say in Bridgeport, but I I went to Long Island first. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. Do- I can't understand. I'll get to the social. I'll get to the social segment.
1: Yeah, we'll hold off there. Was there anything else on down on the farm that we needed to touch on?
2: Okay, so then there's Etoliuqis who did win their Game 7. TPS won Game 7, so they're on to the next round. There's a little bit of a rumor going on with, with uh, It It seems that he's not going to be sticking with TPS next year. Mm. it seems that he's making the jump. Cause when I spoke to him last, I asked him about his contract situation. He said, I'm at the end of my contract now. This was back in February when the transfer window was still open in Europe. And so I asked him about his contract. He said, I got this year and then it's done with TPS. And I asked him if he's coming to North America. And he said, well, I don't have any plans on doing so. I plan on staying here type of thing. And it seems that he's going to be moving from TPS to hifk which is another team in the Finnish liga um why that is i i don't know yet i haven't asked him about that either because again i think that would be pretty goddamn rude to be like you're in the middle of a playoff run i heard you're changing teams now nah, he's focused on where there's he's t- at like i'm sure he's got those does con- those discussions with his agent i don't need to put my nose in there just there, i will a t- wait for that
1: there's a time or a place and you have integrity
2: yeah, and we'll get to that too, I'm sure, in the social segment as well, in terms of integrity with them when it comes to things. Um, so I haven't asked that, but there is a rumor that he is switching teams. So we'll see what comes with that. Um, final run is Russ and Ishikov. Or two, sorry, there's two guys I want to talk about. Russ and Ishikov, uh, they have made the playoffs. They have made the bye round. They're on to the second round, if you will, of the uh, the German Hockey League's playoffs they've got a new coach and he's putting up points. Like I think I said last week, Uh, but the thing is he's getting some pretty sheltered minutes. He's playing on the fourth line from based on the lineup card and the minutes have kind of gone down from the average about 15 and a half that he was getting before to about 11 to 13 per night. Uh, When I see that, I think, are the Islanders going to sign him? Like he's not even playing top line minutes or even top six minutes in the German league. Are they going to really sign him? I hope so. But when I see that, I go, they could probably look to that and and they might not.
1: Interesting. Originally, my gut was was telling me like I'd be a little surprised if he didn't get signed. But you think maybe he doesn't?
2: It's just you got the size, right? He's like, what, five, eight hundred, maybe 70 pounds. He's not very big. Uh, he is creative as all hell, a really good player. I'm sure in a couple of years, he's going to be one hell of a player, um, specifically on the wing if he came to North America. But uh, he's really changed the way he takes faceoffs, has really improved that side of his game. But. The size factor, and the fact that he's not dominating in Europe or even standing out in in, in a top six fashion uh, really makes me think like they might look at that and say, like, I think we're good here. But we're talking about a second round pick in 2018. I would hate for them to just be like, Nah, we're good, but I'm not confident they're going to sign him.
1: Yeah, because that was going to be my rebut. And I know you don't know the answer here, but I was going to say you knew the size when you drafted him. Why are you taking him? It was a top fifty pick too. No,
2: yeah, he came uh, two picks after Bodie Wild or Bodie Wild. Yeah, yeah, Bodie Wild was picked before him. Yeah,
1: that just seems strange to me.
2: Yeah, we'll see. Like it, it's just me. The, the fact that they didn't sign him last year, and I thought like he had a really good year with TPS last year, so I thought that was going to be the one where they go yes, and that would have been his third year in college, which is about when they start signing these guys. Um, but clearly that wasn't the case. So here we are now. Um, but it, it is what it is. Something to see. It's still playoffs to look forward to. So we'll see what happens there. They're awaiting the first round. I haven't looked to see what it's like because usually when a prospect, an anonymous prospect isn't involved, I'm not really following a whole lot, but if we look at the table now, um, they will be playing the tigers, the strobing tigers. So, We'll see. Should be starting soon, and, and we'll see where they go. They're, they're they're a top team. I would expect that they at least get to the next round. Okay. Good to know. And the final one here is, uh, we talked about college prospects sticking around, usually to sign after four years. Uh, Christian Krieger. It seems that he has entered the transfer portal, and he is leaving MSU. Uh, where he goes, no one knows yet. But it sounds like the... I believe he's a 2017 seventh round pick by the Islanders. Let me just get that correct here. A defenseman definitely out of MSU. Doesn't put up a whole lot of points. Um, sorry, seventh round pick in 2018. I got the year okay. wrong. Uh, it sounds like he's moving to a new club or a new college for his fifth year. Where that is, again, we don't know yet, but he's entered the transfer portal, it seems.
1: Interesting. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on where he's going.
2: Yeah, he had a big year. For him, eight points in 36 games, you're going to say eight isn't a whole lot, but that's about three times more points than he's put up beforehand. So like his college career went two points, three points, three points, then eight. Um Wow. Okay. So big difference. Big jump. Yeah. I imagine he's hoping <clears throat> to go somewhere where he can play a bod. He was playing bottom pair at the end of the season for MSU. Uh He might play somewhere in the top four in a lower program or maybe play bottom pair in a top program. Uh, But we'll, we'll, we'll see there. Uh, He has entered the transfer portal. So something to see here. That means the Islanders aren't going to sign him. He's going to stay in college for one more year. That means his rights that are set to expire on August 15th. This year will be pushed back one more year because that's based off of when he graduates or essentially when he leaves college. Gotcha. So that is it. That's the update for the prospect pool. I hope everyone enjoyed that one. There you go to the quiz. Mhm. So this one here, um, is it, a weird. I, I don't know if you're gonna get it because I kind of went weird with this one, but we'll see where we go. As we do every week, there's a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. There are five clues to guess who this player is. They get progressively easier as we go. Uh, you're usually pretty good at these, but I'm not sure about this one. And it's not because of you; it's because probably me. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. Clue one, I was drafted 16th overall. Kiefer Bellows. Incorrect. Uh, He was drafted 19th overall, was he not? Damn it, I always do that. I don't know why I always think he's taken 16th. Because it was in 2016, that's why. Oh, duh. Okay, thank you. So I always go 15th overall for Matthew Barzal, fully well knowing he's 16th overall in 2015. Interesting. Okay. So, two- I played 15 NHL games for the Islanders. Okay, next. Three. Sorry, three. Uh, My first NHL goal came against the Washington Capitals. The only assist on the play was Oleg Vasha. My first non-goal, my first point that wasn't a goal came two minutes later when I was the primary assist on a Mark Parrish goal, assist all fascia as well.
1: Okay, so obviously early 2000s Islander. Um, Correct. But only 15 games. That's what's going to be tough.
2: Uh, okay, next. My name is pronounced, my first name is pronounced Petri, but it's not spelt like that.
1: Okay. I don't know. I don't know the answer.
2: Okay, the last name I'm just going to give it to you because yeah. it's really hard. I couldn't think of an easier clue here. Nokalainen.
1: Oh, Petri Nocolainen. Okay.
2: Yeah, but it's spelled like Pateri. P-E-T-T-E-R-I. Interesting.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten 16th. that one.
2: Overall.
1: I didn't realize he was a 16th overall pick, number one. And I don't know why, that just didn't come to mind.
2: So the reason I brought that up is I saw a tweet from Pierre Lebrun, or he was retweeting someone else, that, and I forget who they were. They were talking about Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin being like, they were uh, thr- thrown into the gauntlet and uh, there were so many expectations thrown upon them and they exceeded that because Alex Ovechkin's up to like 1,400 points in his NHL career. And it got me thinking, okay, well, who was the top pick by the Islanders in that two-year two gap? And it was P- Petrie, sorry, Petrie Nokalainen. That was their top pick in both years. They didn't have a second or a first-round pick in the Sidney Crosby draft. So, Wild. Great. Phenomenal. Good
1: times. (laughs) Good times had by all. So with that, okay, there we go. Let's get to the social segment. We have a lot to cover in this social segment. So why don't you get us started, Mitch?
2: So the the first one, I'm just going to go through the normal stuff and I think we could do PSAs at the end if we haven't already. Um, The first one here is from Jim M who says, how the F, or sorry, Jimmy M, how the F is Tampa in the playoffs? They suck. And this is live from 8.28 p.m today uh the tampa bay lightning are playing the washington capitals at that time they were down 4-2 and they currently still are 4-2 down to the washington capitals so islanders fans are watching other teams hoping for a beneficial result and not getting it and real mad about it yeah
1: i could i could totally understand that um obviously hoping out any little bit of hope but i i don't i don't see that one coming through for um, for my social, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be kind of like a guessing game, so I want to hold off. Ooh. Let's go. Th- can we go through like everything else? We could do the go through yours, do the PSA, and then get to. The- I
2: think you're going to like this. It's different. Okay. Okay. We're going to put a pin on the guessing game then. Yes, pin in the guessing game. All right. My second one here comes from at the coach's site, and it's a, 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 a snippet of a talk that Barry Trotz had years ago because he's sporting the full goatee there and he's looking a couple years younger here. Uh, and he's talking about coaching young kids and how young kids always talk or are always ask why and back when he was a player you didn't ask why you just did you just asked how high right if a coach asked yeah. you to jump you said how high and not why and he's trying to tell these people who are going to these coaching seminars being like just because they're asking why isn't because they're being disrespectful. It's because they really want to know. They're, they're, you got to think that this generation is uh, is open to all kinds of information. They're, they're going to ask why, and you better have a good answer uh, outside of just like, because I said so. You're not Bill Cosby. Not because of that, because he said that in the TV show. Um, uh, But yeah, anyways. I thought that was a really, it's only 44 seconds long, but I thought it was a really good snippet, and I, I would really watch the whole one. I haven't done it yet.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna to want to go back and find that. Um, I one just because I I like Barry Trotz in general. I think he's a good coach, and um, that's why I think he's had success for as long as he has because of his philosophies.
2: Yeah, or his approach to like young kids, yeah. and that's the thing, right? He has a direct approach to young kids, and we're we all of us, including ourselves, are yeah. like Barry Trotz doesn't like young kids. He's burying them, and mm, there are times when you're like. That's justifiable, but there are other times where it's not really. Agree. So, um, do you have one after this? Uh, uh, no, just
1: the PSA, and before I go to our guessing game here. Okay. Yeah. Let's do the PSA. Let's do that first. Okay. Public service announcement keep private information
2: private. That's it. <laughs> it, it shouldn't <laughs> need it. to be said. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, I understand we're in a day and age when, when information is all over the place, but when, when people are, are going through s- some pretty private stuff and, and have, they've asked you to keep it private, do it, please. What? Like, because then you get situations, and what we're referencing here, just in case you maybe have been living under a rock, is the whole Mike Bossy situation, right? Mike Bossy rumored entering palliative care. Oh my God. And then it escalates from that to he's dead. Holy hell, people. Like, we know he's sick. He wrote that letter saying so and then said, I want to deal with this with my family. Let them do that. Leave them to it. My God, people.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's unbelievably frustrating. And this isn't the only circumstance where it's happened. Um, Every step of the way. Trotz's situation which was obviously mm-hmm. he stepped away for personal matters. That was dug up. Uh, Clark Gillies leaked. And now this. So that's three instances in the span of a couple of months. That's pretty sad.
2: It's really sad. I understand we're in an era where everyone's when everyone wants to be the first to report, but there's nothing wrong with being the last to report when it comes to something like this. There's nothing wrong with it. Look, we work for a site where that's that's the business model, sadly, and, and maybe not so sadly. That, that's how it is. When a news item breaks, you have to be out there within two hours to get it out. That's how this works. But we're not doing, we're not going to do it for this because it just doesn't, It's I'd rather be the last to say that something terrible has happened to someone than be the first because I have to get on it we can wait that that's perfectly fine. And I'd like to see, I like seeing that that was basically the response from all the Islanders media outlets, all the blogs, not a single one did anything with this. And I'm so happy and encouraged about that. I love it. Agree.
1: So let's end this segment on a more fun note. I have a little game Mm. for you to go through. And I think, the, the listeners can play along, too, unless they've seen it and their spoilers, and unless you've seen it. But I don't think... I know your memory. I don't think you're going to be able to get it. Anyway, <laughs> so even so, even if you did see it, I'm Look confident... Look
2: out! There's a bus coming!
1: No, well, you'll see in a second. So, Dom Leshuzan updated his player cards. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do with you, I thought it'd be fun, is if oh. we go through... And have you guess what their market value salary is versus their actual salary?
2: Oh, I like this.
1: Yeah, this will be fun. So we'll go through. Forwards are listed first. Anders Lee, actual salary, $7 million. What do you think his market value
2: is? 6.5. Pretty close. 6.9. Oh, I haven't seen the I don't look at the updates every time he does them. So I, I've seen like snippets of, of like the colors. Right. And I, I look to see who's gold. Um, but that's only because someone is putting it on on Twitter and it's coming to my face. I don't go and look. So this is going to be interesting. All right. OK, next.
1: So moral of the story, Anders Lee pretty much right on par for market value, which is a good thing, too, by the way. Yes, uh, sir. Matthew Barzal is up next. His salary, seven million dollars.
2: Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say market value eight million.
1: Okay, his market value was seven point one, so just Ooh. over where his salary is.
2: Okay, well he's not losing the money, so that's good. Josh Bailey, five million dollar salary. Three point five.
1: This was lower than I expected. Two seven. <laughs>
2: The reason I said 3.5 is because that's what he's going to be paid next year. So at least he'll be worth what they're paying him, but not even that. No, Ouch. not
1: not according to this model. Um, Kyle Palmieri is the next forward up. Five million
2: dollar salary. Four million dollars.
1: No, he's salary. actually cl- he's closer to where his salary actually is. He's up to four eight now.
2: Yeah, you know what? That makes sense because his underlying numbers are pretty good. His, his expected goals for have been good all year long. Uh, and now he's actually popping them in. So I, I shouldn't have gone so low, but that's the name of the game.
1: Brock Nelson, $6 million salary,
2: $10 million value,
1: 9 1.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> 9 1. Oh my God, that's great. Love what we're seeing
1: out of Brock Nelson recently. Uh, okay. Anthony Beauvillier, $4.2 million salary.
2: I'm going to say $5 million in
1: terms of value. No, you're a little high. He is coming in just under at $4.1 million market value.
2: Okay. So he's losing them $100,000, but we make up for that with at least Anders Lee. So we're good.
1: Uh, <laughs> Zach Parise. Uh, well, 700- this is going to be nuts. League minimum. So he lists it at 0.8 because I guess they round up.
2: Right. I'm going to say $6 million. $5 million, but still
1: oh, st- incredible value there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow.
1: Uh, JGP, 5000000 million.
2: I'm going to say 4.5.
1: No, he's actually above. He's at
2: 5.2. Holy crap. Remember when we traded for him and signed him? Everyone's like, everyone outside of the aisle, that it's. It's not going to be worth it. It's going to be a crap deal. Already approving dividends.
1: Yep. Ag- agree. So that's a that's a big plus. How about Oliver Wallstrom?
2: Ooh. I think this is going to be around $3 million. Yeah, pretty close. 2-7. Okay. Yeah. He's not putting it like that's the thing, right? He's already triple his value, and he's not playing well necessarily. That's excellent. Well, not excellent, but like good to see, I suppose. Right. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck. Oh, so he's on a $3.5 million salary. Yep. I'm going to say his value is 1.5. 0.9. Eesh. That's not good. That's... Intangibles don't, don't factor in this. Obviously like this is all about like gold uh, game score above average type of thing. Um, But still, that's not good.
1: How about Casey? He's at two five.
2: Two five. I'm going to say it's two five.
1: No, I'm surprised. Only one three. Okay.
2: Um, a lot of penalty minutes. Game score does not like penalty minutes.
1: No, that's true. But his defense numbers are elite here, and that's so was Cal. They're by the gold. Way. Wow. They're gold. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes
2: sense. But yeah, I should clutter,
1: clutter, and Cizik is gold. And Matt, okay. Matt Martin's is also gold. By the way, um, but hmm. uh, Martin's salary is one five. And so, what's his pay? At? His value? Yeah, market value. One. Zero point one. <laughs> I don't know how you can get to that because obviously the league minimum is zero point seven five, but we're at zero one market value for Matt
2: Martin. So he's below replacement level based off of these valuations. I guess. I, yes, I, I guess. But so. elite defensive game.
1: I don't. Again, I don't know how that factors in, but it is what it is. <laughs>
2: That's a, uh, that's a weird look. It is
1: so to the defense. That was all the forwards. Ryan Pulak, five million dollar salary,
2: nine million dollar value, seven nine, seven nine. Okay, that's done. That's gone down or since since it started, but that's okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Adam Pellick, I'm going to say the same thing. Nine million dollar value.
1: So Adam Pellick is eight two.
2: Okay, ah, so close. I'm rounding to the 500s if everyone like figured that out already.
1: Um, Noah Dobson's next. His salary is listed at 0.9. His market value is $8 million. Eight, seven.
2: Oh, I was going to say eight, five, and I brought it down to go, to just be like he's 10 times better than he should be <laughs> type of thing. Damn me. Uh,
1: who do we got? Oh, Andy Green. 0.8 is what the salary is listed as.
2: I'm going to say like 1.5.
1: No, actually, same. 0.
2: 0.8. Okay, so not losing any money there. That's good. Um, definitely going to be probably losing some money on Chara here.
1: Chara is 0. 0.8 is what his salary is listed as.
2: So if Matt Martin can go down to 0. 0.1, I'm going to say 0. 0.5. He's
1: 0. 0.7.
2: Okay. Close. <laughs> so close. Close,
1: <laughs> yeah. So just under value there. Uh, Scott Mayfield is 1.8 four or five or one five here
2: i'm going to say is three million dollars value
1: three point four million value
2: oh rounding doesn't even help me
1: (laughs) uh and then just the two goalies so Ilya sorokin four million dollar salary
2: eight million dollars valuation uh not quite six million dollars valuation uh, yeah. goalies are, are weird. I don't know if they figured out goalies just yet in terms of the, the, these kind of cards yeah um, per se but
1: and save percentage goals saved above average goals saved above expected and goals saved verse average I guess that's GSVA right is all yeah. is all in gold
2: yeah well and that, that's the thing the, the goalies haven't really been figured out I, I've loved or I'd love to see a stat where they quantify a rebound control and I'm sure that there's someone doing that. I'm sure there, there's a spreadsheet or somewhere uh, that, that quantifies that. Cause I think that's an important part of the game that isn't really quantified just yet that I think we can quantify. Like how t- many times they do they give up a rebound on a shot from X distance, right, type of thing? Mm-hmm. Because obviously the closer the shot, the less likely the rebound type of thing. But that, that's I think that that would help these discussions a little bit more when it comes to goalies.
1: And last, we have Semyon Varlamov at salary, 5000000 bucks. million. I'm
2: going to say $5 million valuation.
1: Now, 3-4 for Ooh. him.
2: Ooh. Not great, but that, that goal's uh, above average is probably what's killing him there. Yeah, not not great. It's not great. But
1: that was a fun little game we played here to end out the show. So I, I figured I saw those cards, which I wanted to look at, and I uh, thought, you know what? Let's give... Uh, let's Mitch's feet to the fire
2: and make him guess on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Let's get this nerd to guess nerd stuff. <laughs> um, I like that a lot. I, I would love for that to be a reoccurring thing because these cards aren't going anywhere and I effing love them. So even though I don't look at them all the time, um, but yeah, more of that, please.
1: Absolutely. So before we go, let's make sure to get some plugs in here, wherever you are listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe Give a rating review really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You go follow along with us on social media at eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is TLO Mitch Facebook, Facebook.com slash eyes on Isles. You could find us on the website eyes on for all the articles. And of course on Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on Isles post game shows through the remainder of the year, mailbag shows and so much more. Isn't it fun over there, Mitch?
2: Heck yeah, we got 12 questions here in the mailbag. I'm sure there's going to be a few more before we actually hit the record button. Um, but always, we got an, an MFK series going on with, with Rimsie. If you don't know what the MFK is, definitely sign up and, and figure that out. Um, the season might be ending, but we, we don't stop. Can't stop, won't stop Islanders content throughout the summer.
1: Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us once again. I am Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time.